We are the number one podcast for self-empowerment, the go-to podcast for people that are tired of living as a lesser version of themselves and who are ready to make a change in their lives and those around them. If you're tired of kneecapping your growth and settling for less than you know you deserve, this is the podcast for you. We are way too spicy, and this is the Success System Podcast. Um, yeah, so I was saying, like, that's how I got here professionally. As far as personally, yeah, that was a whole thing, dealing with childhood depression, anxiety. I, I used to have really, really bad anxiety, PTSD, like, you name it, I had it. Mm-hmm. And um, ironically... What I learned when I went to school is I created my own treatment plan for myself. So I say that to say, so a lot of times uh, with like a mental health treatment plan, it's like, okay, what is the presented goal, intervention, objective, and that's how it goes. And probably like every three months, you you kind of check if you met the goal. If you have, you move on to another one or they can move forward. But when I was in school and they're like, okay, if you have a client with trauma and you're doing this, and I'm looking at this, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said, wait a minute. I did that. (laughs) So as far as coping skills, I had a lot of coping skills. And I didn't realize there were coping skills. I just would say, like, okay, I get mad, I'll do this. I get sad, I'll do this. It was in conjunction with a lot of unhealthy habits. But as I got older, I created coping skills for myself. So it was writing. It was art. um, It was dancing. I loved to dance. Mm -hmm. Um, What else did I do? It was mostly, like, a lot of writing and I mean a lot of writing, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> writing stories, writing poems, just I love to write. And by the time I'm done writing, I'm not feeling the same way I'm feeling anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm. Same thing with art. Um, I was pretty good at art, but I kind of let that talent go. Um, but that was a good one. And then dancing was another one. I was on, I danced for like six or seven years. And for me, like with dancing, it's like, the whole room just freezes when you dance. Mm-hmm. I'm not thinking about the problems. I'm not thinking about all this other stuff. Like, I just feel free. Yeah. Um, so I, I used to love doing that. And um, so that was kind of my outlet for a long time. Just go in my room, do that. Um, and then in conjunction to that, I was always doing some weird, innovative stuff. Like, one week I'd be like, I want to see if I could make a shirt. <laughs> Like, knit a shirt. Mm-hmm. And I would, like, ask my mom to get me knitting equipment, and then I would just start knitting. And then the next week, I'd be like, I wonder if I could do this. Mm-hmm. And I would have her get, and then I would do it. So I kind of kept myself stimulated by doing different things as well. But I had coping skills. Um, I had uh, supports, which is always on a, a treatment plan with my friends. I'm like, I know who to go to for this and that. And I would do that. And then... um I again because I was a planner, I would kind of plan like, okay, if this doesn't go well, like we'll do this, and I kind of fake created my own treatment plan, mm-hmm. unbeknownst. But that's what kept me going for years, and that's why I was so high functioning, is because I had coping skills. Yeah, yeah. I had coping skills, and I was pretty introspective. That sometimes when I feel this way, I would try to figure out like, okay, why do you feel this way, Ifa? Like, why do you get so angry when this happens? Like. Trying to understand my triggers and why I'm so triggered. 
So I would do a lot of that, like, with journaling, too, like, and then I would go back in my journals, and I'm like, okay, I'm seeing a pattern here. Yeah. Mm. And I'd be like, okay, this person's a trigger. Stop yeah. talking to this person. 100%. Yeah. And things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Or go to your room when, like, you hear something like this that triggers you yeah. so you don't get upset. Yeah. I'm going to pause you right there because that's basically the theme of our podcast and just mm-hmm. giving out advice to people is just mm-hmm. this is the work. you got to go and figure out where the triggers are. you got to mm-hmm. figure out why you get angry. you got to know what these emotions, where they're coming from because they're coming mm-hmm. from because of something right and i right. want i'm glad that you said that because it just reinforces everything we've been doing too mm-hmm. so i do appreciate that yeah and i also love how all of the solutions to your problems were internal yes right with the writing is really just you putting your thoughts on paper and seeing them for what they are instead of bigger than they are the art form art is solely in the eye of the creator right so that was really your uh, that was where you could be mentally stimulated because the only person you were comparing yourself to was you Mm -hmm. and then of course dance is just free creative expression right i think that you you have a very interesting story in that you loki had all of the answers yeah right you had all the answers to your own problems you were just telling other people i know we talk about this all the time um as just like high aware people a lot of times you tell yourself the right answer in conversations with other people 100 Mm -hmm. right and you've been doing that since the fourth grade yeah i think that's beautiful yeah Definitely, I definitely agree with the whole practice what you preach mentality. Yeah. I always kind of tell my clients because they'll say similar stuff. They'll talk about other people. And I'm just like, you know, I said, I know things always look different on the outside looking in. And 100%. I'm like, you can't see it because you're still in the house. Yeah. And I was like, and I need you to come out of the house with me. Mm-hmm. And look at this on paper so you can see what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. And so I try to explain it to them in that way of like, all right, this is what I'm seeing to connect the dots. Can you see how I saw this? 100%. Mm -hmm. And trying to help them get there. Um, But also, like, I think part of, like, my field and one of the things I got from experiencing what I experienced is that sometimes in, in sessions, a lot of time, it's like I'm speaking to people's inner child. I'm speaking to their minds, like. The them that they present to the outward selves is not it's them not the that mm-hmm. comes mm-hmm. into the session. Mm-hmm. And I know when I'm saying words, I, I need to speak to that inner child or I need to speak to you mentally in order for you to kind of be where I'm at 100%. and bring you out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like I, I therapized myself unconsciously. Yep. But I therapized myself because, again, I was curious about why people do things. And so I was patient zero for myself. 100%. You always are. I was I was patient zero. And um, so senior year by then, once I was like, okay, I started fresh and college was like my start fresh. Like you ain't got to be that person. You know, you're a new person. And so freshman year was kind of practice for me to kind of apply all the things that I felt like I could change and work on that. And I probably worked on it until senior year of undergrad as well. And I'd gotten really, really, really far. Um, but I don't feel like my true metamorphosis happened until probably 21. And that was after a really, really bad breakup um, with someone, my, like my first serious relationship. And the year 2016 was terrible. It was terrible. I barely graduated, but you know I was going to graduate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I barely graduated. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I made it because it happened right, like, senior year and I was like I can't be a hot stinking mess Mm -hmm. when I'm about to start the rest of my life so I had to again it was another low point so Mm -hmm. I hadn't been at a low point like that in a long time because after senior year I'd picked myself up 
of high school. Senior year, I picked myself up. Everything was great. Here we go, senior year again. Mm-hmm. And we're back at a really low point. I was like, oh, God, you got to be kidding me, man. <laughs> like, And I was like, I need help. I need to get out of this. Um, and so that year was the year, like, I fully gave my life to Christ. And I feel like that was a game changer. And I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. So... Some of the Rogerian theories that I learned in school. Can you explain that? Because oh yes, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, so one of the founding thought points of mental health counseling is what they call the Rogerian theory and the Rogerian approach. That was one of the first. That's what people tend to see in the movies where you know somebody's sitting on the couch, the blank slate where the therapist is not saying much, mm-hmm. um, where the a therapist is just psychoanalyzing. They're not doing anything else. They're not giving you feedback. They're just analyzing. So that's like the Rogerian theory, but also the key of it is unconditional positive regard. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is you take everybody that you see for who they are no matter what. Mm. And I think, so I saw a lot of parallels of that thought point into like in biblical and i said 100%. i said oh snap it's, it's connected i said this works so mm-hmm. i think that made me probably the best therapist because part of my job and i know when people think therapy they probably think i'm just sitting talking about advice but i had to think about okay what if you get a murderer what if you get a rapist yep. you yeah. know what if you get someone who did some something so heinous like are you now going to turn them away from services because they did this thing are you now because it it like uh, it affects your morals or ethics. Are you now going to turn this person away? Mm-hmm. And I remember being in school and a lot of people would be like, I would never see a rapist mm-hmm. or I would never see this person um, or kind of choose the kind of people they wanted to be. And I'm like, but isn't that against what we're supposed to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. Like we're supposed to be creators of change and helping people. For everyone. With, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, we don't have to like it. I'm not saying you yeah. have to like it. And I think that's, what biblically it it was easier for me to do that in yeah, the field because that. of that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, if I look at everybody that's God's child, no matter what they do, even if it makes me uncomfortable, because I have like at this point been in those scenarios where I've had clients where I completely don't agree with what they did, but I try to see them just as a human and try to understand like, okay, how did you get here? Yeah. yeah. Um, and try to work with that. So I, that was a real game changer, and that's where, like, my real mindset changed where, like, you know, there's a passage that sticks with me that helped me through my anxiety of, like, you know, it's, I think, Matthew 6.34, but it's, like, don't worry about uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Oh, yeah, don't be anxious for tomorrow. For yeah. Th- yeah, got you. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that is true because, and then in class they would be like, you know, with anxiety a lot of people get anxious twice. 100%. It's like you get anxious before it happens. You're anxious during it. <laughs> when mm-hmm. it happens. You're anxious yeah. after. And they're like, they don't. clients don't have to go through that. Like if we can do preventative measures for them and we can help them understand like, okay, if this is your trigger, how could we cope through it in the beginning so we don't have to get to that point where you're anxious in the situation before or after. And then that's when I come in and we talk about what are you trying to control? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that is making you feel chaotic that's bringing this internal? Because really anxiety is just a natural arousal feeling from the body saying there's something wrong. There's in an the active threat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, but if we can retrain your brain and your body to think, OK, it's not an active threat. So excuse me, it's not an active threat or we can kind of retrain your body to kind of see it for what it is. 
and kind of unlearn some of the irrational think- thinking and some of the cognitive distortions that are happening in your brain. Yeah. So that, like... That was probably the best period because it's like light bulbs everywhere was 100%. happening. And I was like, I started yeah. to see the world a total different 100%. way. 100%. And I was like, yo, we, we can teach people. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, this 100%. is going to be great. Um, but it also helped me with like difficult clients. One thing I see a lot in the field that um, newer people or just people who maybe don't have certain characteristics um, for therapy is kind of this notion of personalizing interactions with clients. What do you mean by that? So a client comes in and you're like, oh, hey, Joe, how are you? How's your weekend? F you. Yep. Ah. Like, and you can easily be like, F me. I have been here for you this whole time. Da, 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 right. da, da, da. Or you could say, all right, Joe, you, you never acted like this way. You seem really angry. Obviously, this is not about me. So what's going on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So being able to compartmentalize everything and not take it personal, mm-hmm. even, no matter how bad it gets. That I'm means sad. when they're trying to shank you, when they're trying to... <laughs> I know it's, it's, it's hard, but this is reality. So yeah. when I first got in the field, I'm, I'm a little bit more calm now because part of like the field, it varies from intensity to low level of care to high level of care. So your mm-hmm. low level of care are probably the people... You could see like once a month, uh, twice a month, or even once a week. When you start getting to twice a week or someone who needs inpatient, outpatient care, that's high level of care. So I worked in high level of care of complex trauma for a long time. So that means a lot of the times the people were delusional. A lot of the times the people were hallucinating. And that's what I mean, not personalizing things. Where it's like if they're saying some egregious things to you, you got to trust that it's not you yeah. and you have to dysregulate them based on that. Yeah. You you can't freak out or you, they're going to start to freak out or yeah, it's going right. to get worse. Energy. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people struggle to do that where it's like, they said that my, my whole family should die. And it's like, yeah, they did. But <laughs> you, you got to get over that. Mm-hmm. You can't personalize that. Yeah. Like when you step in this role, you're not you. You're a therapist. Yeah. Different hats. Yep. Okay, different ethics, different belief system, unconditional positive regard. I'm taking you for you, all right? So that means, like, I've had clients with schizophrenia who start to, like, hallucinate, and you you just got to let them roll. Like, I remember one of my favorite clients that, she's one of my favorites because it was when I was in that entry-level job, Um, and I would see her every day, and amazing woman. But again, this is part of the field, like, where you think this woman's, uh, she was functioning normally mm-hmm. and didn't have any kind of outlook of mental health issues until like maybe like 34. Mm. So she lived a whole full life and then 34, something in her brain broke or was altered and then she had what they would call a psychotic break. Wow. And since then, this is someone who worked for like a Fortune 500 business Super intelligent, and even in her delusion, you can see her intelligence. Yep. Yeah, and um, she like would knock on my door, and I'm like, "Hey, how are you?" And she'd be like, "I just got a call that you know the devil is in Copley Square, and he's running a Makifa, and I, I got to go handle that." And I'm like, "Okay, so so who told you? Let's let's talk about that. When did you get this call? Um, I'm not sure about that. Okay, do you, do you know who called you? 
No, I'm not sure. How about we go through the call logs? So instead of freaking out, like yeah. the devil's running amok in Copley Square, I'm like, okay, how can I try to bring her back to reality yeah. with me mm-hmm. without kind of denying what she's seeing because that's going to distort her even more. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'd be like, okay, let's let's look at your call logs. And she's just like, oh, I thought it was there. Like, I don't know what happened. I'm like, that happens. That's okay. That means you're free now. You, you don't have to go out. We can have lunch and it'll be great. But being able not to personalize that or if a client gets violent, my job isn't to try to figure out, like, okay, they're, they're calling me a bitch. I literally had a client who was like, you just called me a bitch? And I said, what? I didn't even say nothing. <laughs> and they're like, I heard you. And I'm like, all right, he's not here right now. He's yeah. not here right now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. I said, well, what else are you hearing right now that you think I said? Mm-hmm. And so now I'm trying to understand, like, what uh, what internal stimuli are you talking to and what kind of commands are you hearing? Is this something that's not going to keep this person safe? Is this something that's going to make someone else in harm's way? Mm. I'm not really worried about myself, if I'm being honest. I'm mm. worried about, like, how can I get you back to you? Because right now you're dissociating. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it takes a lot to, like, not take it personal. Like, I've had clients lie on me, but I'm like, I know you're in a delusional state and you didn't mean any of that stuff. Yeah. I've also had clients um, with, like, borderline personality disorder where the mood is extremely labile. And I call that one my Sour Patch Kids because mm-hmm. they love you, then they hate you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so when they hate you, they really hate you. But when they love you, they really love you. Mm-hmm. And not to get, like, I can't take you when you love me and not take you when your your mood swings the other way and now you hate me. That's that's not fair. But that's part of the gig that people are like, wait a minute. I just want to see the fun part of someone growing. And I said, baby, growth is pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, called growing pains for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, if you think you're going to avoid the ugly and it's just going to be this pretty side of therapy, you're you're sadly mistaken. Mm-hmm. Some people come in one way, leave another way. Like, you don't truly know what you're going to get because people are coming in based on their insight. Yeah. yeah. So as we unravel things, you have to be ready. You have to be open yeah. to to kind of just take them in because they probably never told anybody half this stuff. 100%. Mm-hmm. They keep and it like, down deep. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's important to nurture this safe space. Yep. Um, so, yeah, like, I think that's the other thing that's hard that even when you are a punching bag, you just gotta be like unconditional positive regard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just gotta be like, I gotta, I gotta just take care of you anyway. Understand? I love that. I, I really am loving your the story, right? That you're sharing with us and how you knew from fourth grade, like this was your calling, your purpose. Especially because there are people who navigate through life not knowing what their purpose is or what they want to do, or even if they they don't know if they want to help people or how they want to go about it. And so I find it very admirable that you had your, your timeline and you stuck to it. And even though you deviated occasionally, it needed to happen, right, in order yeah. for you to become yeah. the person you are to serve the clients you're serving in this way. And so that... <laughs> Triggers me to ask you a question. Yeah. You being a therapist, pouring so much onto people, right? How do you show up to yourself for yourself? You say you do like the dancing and the writing. Do you personally seek out therapy for yourself? So I have yeah. in the past. So I did that during grad school because it's it's recommended for us. It's not, it used to be mandatory that like you probably should probably clean yourself of any biases or like for any counter transference or whatever, before you start like going into the field. So I did try that in the beginning and I did do that for a couple of sessions. 
Let's hear it. <laughs> but it didn't work out no. because then I became the therapist. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. The therapist yeah. to your therapist? Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. And because I was in school, I was like, okay, this is breaking boundary lines of self-disclosure. And now I'm coming in here and you're so telling me that. about your stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I'm naturally. And then I once I realized I was doing I was like, oh, hell not. I'm not paying you to get <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no. I like, <laughs> I'm paying you to help you with your breakthroughs. Yeah. I was like, I will say she did help me with something, um, with one thing. And it was something small, but it had like a, a monumental kind of change. And that was like with my family. Mm. And I think because that point where I was, they were kind of my blind spot. So it wasn't something I, I would have saw by myself because in my head I was like, no, nothing could fix this. It's fine. And she was like, well, have you tried this? And I was like, no. And I did that one thing, and it worked out really, really, really well. Oh, and I was like, oh, you're right. Now that this makes sense, ah, this, this makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I did that. And so I was hopeful that I would get more of that. But then it, like, switched yeah, with, once that was successful. And she was like, yes, you know, my daughter. And then it goes into all this stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. And I'm, like, affirming her. And I'm like, no, you're a great mom. <laughs> like, you're amazing. <gasps> like, she's probably, like, maybe it's the communication. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm, it's happening again. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so I did stop seeing her. But I didn't stop. Doing the work. And that's one thing about me. I never stopped doing personal development. She knows because I'm always coming to her with my epiphanies. Mm -hmm. um, but every time I'm like, I just realized mm -hmm. that this and this happened because of this. And I was triggered because of this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it all makes sense now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I still have those aha moments. And I still do a lot of personal development um, all day, every day. And I always say it's never going to be over for me or anyone. Mm -hmm. Like, we should always be growing. Yeah. It doesn't mean everybody always grows. Some yep. people stunt their growth. Some people decide because it is an active decision mm -hmm. to not continue, and that's fine. But I love personal development. Same. So that's something I'm always going to be doing and always pushing up. Like, even coming to this podcast, it was because earlier this year, and um, I made a goal for myself. I was like, listen, we're, we're not staying in the house. We're not going to be hermiting. We're not turtling. Hey. Hola. Are you guys liking this episode? I bet you are. I have some news to share with you guys. What's the news, Charlene? We are going on a little vacation. Whoop, whoop. Where are we going? To the moon. So we can land with the stars? Is I mean, you know the... what they say, right? You shoot for the moon and land amongst the stars. Very true. Very true. Mm -hmm. Very true. Right? So Let's... we've been pouring onto you guys, and now it's time for us to take a little break and pour onto us because... What type of coaches would we be if we were preaching and not actually taking action on what we were preaching? Period. Relaxation, baby. So with that being said, we will be back with a new episode on August 23rd, Wednesday, August 23rd at stay, 7 a.m. Stay, stay tuned. Eastern Standard Time. Stay, stay, stay tuned. What do we do in the meantime, guys? <sighs> always work. Always grow. Always kill it. Stay winning. I don't, I don't think it changes, to be honest. And if you haven't caught up on these episodes, circle back and listen to them again and again. Share, like, subscribe, follow, and don't forget to donate. Also, if you guys want to get on this podcast and get interviewed, please reach out to us so mm -hmm. that we can have a conversation and see if it's a perfect fit. Looking forward to hearing from all of y'all.
And with that being said, let's jump back into the episode. You know that stuff when they used to be, oh, no, that's that's before the time. The whoosh. <laughs> Back to the episode we go. <laughs> All right, on that note, peace. Say it. Like yeah. my my brother's nickname for me is Turtle because because <laughs> you be inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he knows I keep to myself. So I was like, you you need to get back out there. Like, and ironically, the reason I stopped going back out there was because I got so busy with like career orientation, and I was I was on the mark and I was focused. And people were like, you want to do this? No, girl, I got to think about this, and <laughs> I got to figure out how to get this done. Yeah, and um. I was like, you got to stop being so rigid. Like, yeah. there's space for balance. 100%. Yeah. And so I was like, you need to find your balance again. Because I had one when I was, like, working my last job, which was, like, a corporate job, nine to five. So it was a little bit more, like, black and white. Mm-hmm. Whereas now I'm like, there's a little bit more flexibility with private practice. I'm like, y- use it. Like, yeah. I, I know when I first went on, I did a five-day work week, and it mimicked my corporate schedule. And I was like, you don't have to live like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so now I... I work for four days. Um, I have Monday off, Sunday, Monday, Friday. No, Sunday, Monday, Saturday off. And I just chill because I can. <laughs> there you go. And, you know, on Mondays I was like doing, I started doing salsa classes this year because I nice. said, girl, when's the last time you actually danced? Yeah. And I wanted to get back. It was great. I loved it. Now I randomly go salsa in. Um, I went back to the gym. I was like, y'all know about that. I'm not going to see y'all at oh, 5 a.m. We're going to see you at 5 a.m. It's 5 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started doing things for my mental health, and I also started being more um, strict with my boundaries, that my no is my no and my yes is my yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to worry about people's responses because that's none of my business. 100%. I'm only responsible for my emotions, my responses, my reactions. Amen. And if you don't like it, that's a personal problem. It is a Facts. personal problem. So, I, I think with that, that's kind of how I've kind of worked through it because it is heavy. And yeah. some days I do, uh, my phone's on do not disturb. I can't talk to people for a little because the what I heard is so heavy and I just help somebody else process it. But people forget after therapy, I need to process yep. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have strict rules for that. If I had a really heavy sessions, then like I'll take the rest of the day. I'll go for a walk. Mm. I'll try to get back and reground myself. So I ha- do have things like that. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's like gym, salsa, music, church, friends. Um, but I will go MIA real quick on people and be like, hey, you guys, I'm going to be MIA for a whole week. Um, I'll talk to you next week. I just need to reground myself. Love you. Bye. Yeah. Um, and that's fine because as long as I communicate it, no one needs to be worried. It just means I need to reground because it's just so much energy being put out. Right. Yesterday was one of those days I was supposed to go out, but I was like, I don't have anything else to give anybody. Yeah. My cup is full. In fact, it was overflowing. Mm-hmm. I just want to be a couch potato. Yep. So I didn't get up every right. And I called it a day. Today, I asked myself, can you do this? How's your cup, Beefer? <laughs> and I was like, all right, we can do this. We're good. We slept on it. We're, whatever happened yesterday was yesterday, and yep. it didn't transfer to this morning. But I'm, I'm mindful about that um, just because sometimes – Things do carry along with you. Sometimes things, I do wake up and I'm still thinking about a session. But to be honest, I'm so desensitized that most of the stuff, it just rolls off. Uh-huh. It's very rare that something will, like, shock me yeah, or something will, like, make me, I won't say feel some type of way, but, like, will kind of be strung along with me because I've just either seen it so much, heard something similar, or it's like you – 
it, it's if I told people stories, they'd be like, "What?" <laughs> They're like, "They told you what?" And I'm just like, "I I can't make this up." Sometimes the trend, I love transparency with my clients. Sometimes some stuff is some TMI, and I'm like, this is not relevant to sessions, but thank you for letting me know. Um, <laughs> so sometimes it's like, oh, all right now, relax. <laughs> um, but sometimes I'm just like, yo, that's, that is wild. Sometimes I, I feel like a chamber of secrets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you really are, though, right? Because people yeah. are trusting you. They're confiding their deepest, darkest yeah. secrets with you, knowing that it's in a safe space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I love my clients. I, I still love working with people. And, uh, oh, another thing for boundaries is trying to take periodic vacations when I know I'm about to get burnt out. Mm. I try to take four, four breaks a year quarterly so I can reground because I can feel it. And I don't like to transfer it during sessions because it will happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any last minute things that you want to give to the audience or even just about their personal journey, um, anything that you would love to share? Okay, um, I would like to tell people that feel like life has kind of stopped for them or they've kind of lost some sense of hope or some sense of belief in themselves or others or humanity or their world that you can always start fresh tomorrow Mm. and you don't have to be what you've been. You get to redefine. You get to be the author of your life. Um, And there's always time. And it. Even if it's not therapy, go to a coach. If it's not a coach, go to your pastor. If it's not a post- pastor, go to someone. Getting help is the strongest thing you could do for yourself because it shows that you're still willing to be in the fight of this thing called life. I love that. Most definitely. I appreciate that. Please let the audience know where they can connect with you because your story is one of resilience, one of perseveration. Pers- well, perseverance. Sorry, long day. And honestly, your story is... One that I feel like a lot of people will resonate with. 100%. I feel like I saw myself in parts of your story, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of other people can also have that same resonance. So where can our audience connect with you? Okay. So you guys can find me on Psychology Today. Uh, the name is Ife Aya, so that is I-F-E-A-Y-O, or you can find me on SaySerenity.com. That's the practice um, and my picture is blown up there, so you'll find me very easily. Um, but those are the two places you can find me. You can email me at ifemide.o.ayo at gmail.com if you're looking for services. Um, even if it's not with me, I can always transfer you or refer you to someone else who could help you. That's all. Lovely. Lovely. Love it. As always, you can feel free to connect with any of us, reach out to us. You can find us on our podcast page on Instagram at success system podcast or you can connect with us individually you can find me on instagram and or tiktok at i am coach dt that is d as in dave t as in thomas you can find me on ig as coach amadeus a-m-a-d-e-u-s and you can find me on instagram at i am sherry j that is i-a-m-s-h-e-r-r-i-j as always, this has been the Success System Podcast. We are way too spicy, and we will see you next time. Bada bang. Pow. Get a therapist, guys. <laughs> and a coach. Kill it, kill it, kill it. <laughs>